Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My message today is entitled The Seal of the Holy Ghost. Somebody repeat that. The seal of the Holy Ghost. So we do give honor to all of us. Uh, to, to, to God, who is the head of my life, and to all of the saints that are here. I have enjoyed every testimony, every song, every praise, for it is all to God, and to God be the glory. Thank God for Jesus. Hallelujah. Mm, praise him. So it is true. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Looking at this particular account of the Apostle Paul's second letter to the Corinthian church, we see that after his introduction between verses 1 and 2 of this particular chapter, he gives consolation to the church of which he praises God for being the father of all mercy and comfort. Yes. He identifies himself with the tribulation of the church, signifying that they are not alone in the struggle. This is certainly a contra contrasted view of Paul's demeanor toward the Corinthian church in light of the fact that his first letter was a stern rebuke of their derailed faith and immorality among many other atrocities. So after they were reported as having godly sorrow for their sinful ways, of which is recorded in this second letter, Paul's conversation of unification in the struggle showed that they were in this together for the sake of Christ. However, when we get around the 15th verse of this chapter, we begin to notice a defensive attitude of Paul that seems to suggest that when he did not show up to revisit the Corinthian church at the time planned, some imposters came to wreak havoc of Paul's establishment of the church by accusing him of being fickle and untrustworthy. I see we're right in line with the Sunday school lesson. These imposters were even using Paul's physical appearance to suggest a form of weakness. And you know that's how people are. They size you up based upon your height, weight, stature, appearance, and affliction. Some people think that your limp declares you to be anointed, while others may declare your wholeness to be superior. And so Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 15 through 17, And in this confidence I was minded to come unto you before, that ye might have a second benefit, and to pass by you into Macedonia, and to come again out of Macedonia unto you, and of you to be brought on my way 
toward Judea. When I therefore was thus minded, did I use lightness? Or in other words, or did I take it lightly? Or the things that I purpose, do I purpose according to the flesh? That with me there should be yea, yea, and nay, nay. In other words, is it about my own glory of the flesh? Because if it is, you will certainly see a contradictory concerning my conviction and purpose, which is in Christ Jesus. Paul's defense was to get the Corinthian church to remember his heart for the will of Christ. That they might understand that interrupted plans on his part did not change his intentions no matter what others were saying. His words were not contradictory for his message to the church was that of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that gospel is not yea, God wants you to be saved and have eternal life and power in him and all of a sudden something altogether different that is preached. Paul was persuaded by Christ. In fact, Paul stood on the record of Jesus Christ validating that not only was Christ in control of Paul's letters but also his toward the church and so he writes in 2 Corinthians verse 18 and 19 but as God is true how many know that God is true let God be true and every man alive but as God is true our word toward you was not yea and nay for the son of God Jesus Christ who was preached among you by us, even by me, and Sylvanus, and Timotheus, was not yea and nay, but in him was yea. Yes, yes. Paul was reassuring the people that God's word is true. Hallelujah. And this is critical for our understanding. Because sometimes things won't go come together as planned. At first, sometimes there will be setbacks. Some will be based upon unforeseen circumstances. While other times, God is holding back for you to be prepared for his coming. But whatever the case may be, we are reminded in verse 20, for all the promises of God in him are what? Yea, and in him, a man unto the glory of God by us. In other words, everything that God promised was at the expense of his son, Jesus Christ. It was and is in Jesus that you receive the promises of God. John 3 and 16 declares it, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, yes, yes. that whosoever believed in him, Jesus, should not perish, but what? Have everlasting life. Yes. 
John 14 and 6 says it. Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. John 10 and 9 says it. I am the door. This is Jesus talking. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. But he must come in by me. Romans 8.32 says, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? So the promises of God are in his son. Somebody say Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. You cannot have inner peace in any other. You cannot have inner peace in Buddha. You cannot have it in Krishna. You cannot have it in Elijah Muhammad. You cannot have it in Sonya Moon. You cannot have it in yoga. Or those little green things that people legalize to smoke. To calm their nerves. You're not going to find any of that peace in those things. You're not going to find peace in any pets that are used for emotional behavior problems. Neither the refrigerator, nor the television, nor your iPhone. I guess I'll add Android to that. But peace, joy, love, and power comes through Jesus. Hallelujah. And upon these promises of God, through Jesus his son, are the promise that you can build your life in. For 2 Corinthians verse one, uh, chapter 1, 21 through 22 tells us, Now he which established us with you in Christ, not apart from you, but with you in Christ, and hath anointed us, is God. No one else is able to make us as a unified body in Christ, fitly joined together other than God. Somebody say, no one. Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 27 through 30, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. If they can't get them out of my hand, they can't get them out of my Daddy's hand. I and my father are one. Now that's yes. what he said in the book. Yes. Yes. And concerning those who get out of the hands of God. First John clears it up in chapter 2 verse 19 where he says they went out from among us but they were not of us for if they had been of us 
they would no doubt have continued with us. Amen. But they went out that they might be manifest, made manifest that they were not all of us. So in other words, if you want to be kept, Jesus can keep you. Amen. Hallelujah. But he won't keep you against your will. Amen. Hallelujah. So it is true that people may fall away, but not those who God brings together. He gathers us in his love, unifies us in his will, and anoints us for his glory. And then he does something to validate our security in him. He seals us. Look at verse 22. Who had also sealed us and given the earnest of the spirit in our hearts. The spirit, capital S, P-I-R-I-T, is that spirit of God. Yes. He is the third person in the Trinity. Yes. For the Bible tells us in 1 John that there are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, which is Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. In St. John chapter 14, verse 26, uh, Jesus talks about, but the Comforter, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things back to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. He called him Comforter, and that is the same as the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And he is the seal of the saints. The seal here represents the authenticity of God upon those who are his children. You may hear a lot of people speaking in a funny tongue, but everybody, everybody that's trying to speak in an unknown tongue is not of God. You know the Holy Ghost when you hear it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You, you may see people dancing and shouting and pretending like they have the seal of the Holy Spirit. But you know the Holy Ghost when you see it. Hallelujah. In fact, I would declare to you that a lot of these yeah. Yeah. It's a spirit, but it's not the Holy Spirit. Because the last time I checked, the Holy Ghost can give you an authentic dance. And everybody's dance is not the same. All right, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The seal here represents the authenticity of God upon those who are his children. The seal in the natural sense can be described as a liquid that goes over a bind of two pieces coming together. The seal can also be an unusual mark, hallelujah, hallelujah. unlike any other that shows ownership. I believe in the book of Peter, I believe it's the first or second Peter where it talks about, but we are a peculiar people, a holy nation. Peculiar meaning we are we are authentic. We don't act like everybody. We don't think like everybody. We don't react like everybody. We don't dress like everybody. Hallelujah. We are different. We are separate. We are distinguished. Hallelujah. To tell somebody about Jesus. Hallelujah. 
The seal in the olden days was also described as a signet upon the king's ring that further proved that whatever document that the king pressed upon with his ring proved it was directed from him. And you got all people passing a word and passing a prophecy, but it didn't come from the king. Hallelujah. But when, when, when the king, King Jesus, puts his ring, a step of approval on it, you know it's from him. Hallelujah. You know that it's God's word. And we heard a word today that this is our season. And how many times did it register with your spirit? God has put his ring, a seal of approval on it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Here we understand that the liquid seal in the spiritual sense is that of the Holy Ghost. He's the keeper, the binder that which holds us together. In a crazed, mixed up, hateful world. He's the liquid bar, like water for the thirsty soul. He's the fire that purges out the impurities of the heart. He's the leader and guide throughout midnight hour. He's our comforter in times of despair. I believe I'm in A. Hallelujah. He's the helper. In weakness. He's the chief secretary. Who reminds us. Of the scripture. Lest we fall by the wayside. He's the confirmation. In our spirit. That we are the children of God. This seal. Cannot be broken. As long as you want to be kept. For Paul said it like this. In Romans chapter 8. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Look at your neighbor. And tell him I know he loves me. Ain't nobody looking at their neighbor. Look at your neighbor and tell him, neighbor, I know he loves me. Hallelujah. For this cause, I am persuaded that not a death, hallelujah, is able to hold my body down. No life's distractions, no angels, no principalities. picks it up and says in whom ye also trusted yes. after that ye heard the word of truth yes. the gospel 
door of your salvation. In whom also after that you believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession, until the praise of his glory. Hallelujah. Tell somebody, I got a down payment to heaven. And it's the Holy Ghost. He got me sealed up better than a Christmas package. And I'm assured that I won't be dropped while I'm en route to my destination. I won't be delivered to the wrong address. I won't be left and forgotten by the mail carrier. Yes. I won't be kicked yes. left over in a cold corner. And I won't be late. Yes. And when I reach heaven, yes. Jesus yes. will answer the door. Yes. Hallelujah. proceed out of your mouth yes. but that which is good yes, to the use of edifying yes, yes. that it may minister grace yes. unto the hearers yes. and grieve not the Holy Spirit yes. of God whereby ye are sealed yes. unto the day of redemption hallelujah. hallelujah the Holy Ghost possesses us and when the Holy Ghost possesses us you got to remember that this is the attitude of God yes. it is his very very, the very essence of his personality. Hallelujah. And what you say matters to the Holy Ghost that is sealing you. Don't contaminate the seal. Hallelujah. When you go to the grocery store, you buy milk and orange juice. You first check the seal. If the seal is not right and the thing comes loose, it's indicating that it has been tempered. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Don't tamper with the seal. Hallelujah. Don't tamper with the seal. Hallelujah. Don't play with the seal. Hallelujah. Don't joke with the seal. Hallelujah. It's a serious thing. Hallelujah. It's a serious thing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost. Don't grieve the Holy Ghost with your words or with your actions. Hallelujah. Because he is the keeper. Hallelujah. He is the keeper. Hallelujah. He is the keeper. In the midst of a world of silence, this joy that I have, 